halfway through the week, so that's a good thing, or it's halfway through the week, and that's a bad thing. That's what's so cool about Wednesday. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) I'm just weird. Um, Hey, so we've been in a series uh, looking at Jesus as our Savior. Um, And so if you guys have your Bibles, you can go ahead and... um, You can go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 24. We're going to read verse 1 through 12. As you guys are turning there, or maybe you don't have your Bibles, that's cool. It'll be up here. Don't worry about it. But I wonder, um, last week we kind of talked about life-changing, like, pivotal moments, right? And how the cross was that pivotal moment for us to, like, shift a bunch of things, right? Right? We talked about how the cross is just this monumental event that nothing was the same before it and, and nothing will be, uh, nothing, everything was changed after it. That's what I'm trying to say. Sorry. Sometimes words are hard. Um, but anyway, uh, have you ever had something in your life that maybe wasn't a shift, but it was something that you were like really excited about and you wanted to share? Crickets. Crickets. You ever had anything where like you're ex- you're like super uh, super pumped about and and or maybe it's something where people had to just experience it, right? Have you ever told like one of your friends like, oh dude, you just had to be there, you just had to see it for yourself. Like there's no way that I could explain it, there's no way that I could talk about it. Like you just have to be there to to know what I'm talking about. Um, Even for us, I think, like, if you watch sports or you care about sports, last night was one of those nights, right? The Phoenix Suns, like, 0.9 seconds, right? Right in the inbound, and he just throws it up, and what is it, a value-oop is what they're calling it? So it's like, that's one of those things that, like, you could never explain it and do it justice. You have to be able to be like, dude, you just got to see it for yourself. There, There are certain things that happened in our life, and maybe you guys are thinking uh, of, of, of things in your own life where, like, you're just like, man, you just had to be there. You just had to see it. Like, I can't explain it and do it justice. I just can't. And so we're going to be talking uh, about the, the resurrection tonight. So in the same way that the crucifixion was just this monumental, uh, impactful event, we have the, the, the resurrection, which is really the crux of our faith. We'll kind of get into it, but let's go ahead. Chapter 24, verse 1. Um, let's go ahead and read this. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women uh, who, who had followed Jesus, right, they took the spices that they had prepared and went into the tombs. Now, they took spices there because how many people know, maybe you don't know, uh, dead bodies stink. They're gross. And so after a, f- a few days, what they would do is they would go and they would put spices and make them not smell as bad. And then they would go in in about another year and they would put more spices so that if it smelled bad, it wouldn't smell as bad. But if you just put spices on a dead body, then it's probably going to smell like fruity dead person instead of, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be really gross. And so anyway, so, so they, they go in there, and, and they're going to, to make sure that Jesus doesn't stink. And um, they found the, the stone was rolled away from the tomb. This is verse 3. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Everybody say, <gasps> didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering and wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them, right? That would be really weird, wouldn't it? You're in this dead person's tomb, you're standing there, and all of a sudden two dudes come, and they're like, what's up? How you doing? You're like, get away from me, dude. 
Like, this is weird. And so these, these two guys come, and they're dressed in these, in these clothes uh, that, that gleam like lightning. And it says, in their fright, because how many people would be frightened if two random dudes just hopped up in a grave with you? Yep, it'd be pretty freaky. And in their fright, the women bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, and this is so cool, why do you look for the living among the dead? Verse 6, he's not here he has risen. Remember how he told you while, you were, uh, while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over into the hands of sinners and be crucified, and then on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven. Verse 10, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others were with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran from the tomb, bending over. He saw the strips of linen laying beside, uh, by themselves, and he went away wondering what had happened. Guys, I think that there's uh, some really cool things. A lot of times I like try to break down passages. That's as much as we're going to read about the story of the resurrection tonight, but I think that there's some interesting things to kind of unpack out of this. So I'm not going to take a ton of time. Uh, we're going to try to to get into worship and really spend some time there, and then we'll uh, we'll be able to do our, our takeover. Do you guys know where we're going tonight, by the way? I'll tell you at the end. I'll tell you at the end. Thank you for following on social media or seeing it up on the screen. I appreciate that. I'll let you guys know at the end if you don't know, though. Anyway, um, so so let's go ahead and just unpack really what this what this scripture. Uh, has for us, what, what this passage means for us. The first thing that, that, that is so important about this story, about this encounter that these women, that Peter, that the disciples have with, um, with the, the angels and, and with this story is this. Jesus secured our freedom That's the, uh, and our victory. That's the first thing that I want you guys to know. If you're taking notes, if you're, uh, you know, just able to, to memorize them or whatever, or maybe you're watching um, tomorrow night as well, uh, you know, that, that'll, be, that'll be cool too. But like, I want you guys to really grab this. This is the important thing. This is the, the big uh, picture. Jesus secured our victory. Now, what does that mean? Well, Jesus wasn't in the tomb because he lives. I think it's so cool that the angel asks the, the two women there, they're like, why, do you, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Right? Jesus is alive. So if Jesus is alive, why are you looking for him in a grave? Why are you looking for him in a tomb? It's such, the, it's such a, a powerful question for them because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? And, and, and I think what's, what's so cool about it is that Jesus' resurrection was his own doing, Remember how we talked last week about how Jesus had the power even over death to the point that he didn't die. He wasn't killed per se. He, he gave up his spirit. Remember we talked about that last week? It's, it's so cool that in the same way he just gave up his spirit because he had control over death. He had victory over death now. And, and he rose from the grave on his own accord, in his own timing. He knew what the mission was. He knew what he had said and he was going to make it happen. There's also this fulfillment of scripture, right? So not only did Jesus tell them multiple times, like, hey, I am going to die, and then three days later, I'm going to raise again. Like, just believe that. And they didn't believe it. But even on, on top of that, there were countless, countless um, prophecies in the Old Testament 
saying there would be a Messiah who would give his life up, who would die, who would be raised from the dead afterwards. So, so Jesus walking out of the tomb or floating out of the tomb or whatever, however he got out. I think that's another thing that's so cool about this story is we never know like the logistics of how he got out. I'll talk to you after. But like you, 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 he never, you never understand how he, he got out uh, other than that he was out. And I think what's so cool about it is we see throughout the rest of Scripture, throughout the rest of the New Testament, we'll get into it in the, in the coming weeks. We only have a couple more months of uh, the Bible engagement stuff. But like the writers of the New Testament were so compelled to write about their Savior that they were killed for it in a lot, in a lot of cases. So imagine if you're, if you're sitting here and you're thinking like, there's no way that Jesus really died or I don't believe it or how could I like it's kind of wild to, to put your brain in that position to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. That's a crazy thing to believe. But you see how passionate his followers were after his death. Like there's no, if they were just serving another God, lowercase g, who died and was like dead and Jesus is still buried somewhere or whatever. Like what kind of God is that, right? What kind of savior is that? What kind of Messiah is that? Would you die for, for a God who was dead, like who wasn't active anymore, who was done at 33? No. These guys were so passionate about it because they knew that, that they were nothing if Jesus' ministry, if his life ended in death. Jesus wasn't dead forever, and now we have death, uh, victory over death. Jesus secured our victory over death. Right? We, we don't have to fear it. We don't have to worry about it because we have the promise of an eternal life. And I know this might seem like way above your heads of like, oh, well, I'm 14 or 13. And that just doesn't even like resonate with me because I'm going to live to be 120 and it's going to be fine. And like, I get that. But like, it's important to know that we don't have to worry about death. We don't have to, um, to, to be burdened by that anymore because we have the promise we have the promise of eternal life. I think that that's what makes Christian um, funerals and, and, and uh, memorials and those services such a beautiful thing because they're not merely, a, well, let's come together and let's remember this person. It is definitely that, but there's something special when you're able to interject this thing of eternal life in it because we're not done here. We get another life, and it's because Jesus died on a cross and was resurrected and came back that we now have that victory. He secured our victory through the resurrection. Are you guys with me? Cool. Awesome. Here's the other point, the other part of this, as we kind of look and examine at these, uh, these, these 12 verses here. We can't be silent. We cannot be silent about this thing. Now, the, the women, they probably didn't run around telling everybody because they didn't want to die themselves, right? Like, at that time, super hostile environment. Like, like they didn't want to die themselves. And, and so, so they probably didn't tell everybody quite yet, but they definitely went to go tell the disciples and to go tell the followers of Jesus, the people who followed him, and, and they wanted them to know. And, and I think it's so cool because when they went to the tomb, they were carrying spices, right? Like I said, they were trying to make a dead body not stink. <laughs> like, that's what they were doing. So they didn't go expecting Jesus to be gone. 
they definitely didn't expect him to be alive, right? And to have angels come and be like, hey, why are you looking for Jesus? He's alive. Like, don't worry about it. They weren't expecting it. So, so it's not that it's not that it's just their wishful thinking and they're just already coming in with that preconceived notion of Jesus is alive and, and he, you know, like they thought he was dead. They, they were prepared to go in and just make a dead body not smell anymore. Like that's what they were trying to do. But these women who saw the evidence of the resurrected Jesus and remembered his words, they were excited about it. They got excited that Jesus was alive and that he triumphed over death. They were so excited. And then they go and they run and they tell the followers of Jesus. They tell the disciples, the 11 disciples. They're like, Jesus is alive. He's not there. We saw angels and all this stuff. And they're just super over the top. And the disciples are like, yeah, right. Sure. And there's an excitement because of the good news. And the women and the disciples they, they wanted to, to tell uh, the, the people around them the good news. There's an excitement that comes with that. Here's the, here's the important thing, too, because it says that the disciples didn't believe them. It was wishful thinking for them. Because, like I said at the beginning, like, have you ever been told something and it's too good to be true? You're like, no way. There's no way. Even if it is true, there's no way that it could be because, like, that's just where it is. Well, that's where this, these disciples found themselves. And um, the women, they weren't deemed as authoritative. They couldn't just come in and say stuff and people believe them just because of who they were. They had to really fight for it. Guys, I want you to, to know something. We can't be silent about our faith. We can't be silent about the resurrection. And that's not always going to mean that just because we're not silent and just because we're excited and all this stuff that people are going to always believe what we have to say, but it's important that we say it anyway. Don't get discouraged when people come up to you and they're like, there's no way that Jesus resurrected. And let me tell you why. His body was stolen and he was never, he was, they checked the wrong tomb. And there's like all these different things that people want to try to say. Let me tell you something. Don't get discouraged by the, the unbelief of other people. Just be honoring to God in sharing that news anyway. I want you guys to, to really understand that. Even if people don't believe us, they still need to know about this thing. And we can't be silent about the best news that we could give people. It's like for me, um, I don't know if you guys are like huge gift givers as a family. You guys like do gifts as, like for birthday, Christmas, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, like huge on it. Like I know Macy's family, like they're huge on like, we're gonna make it surprise and we're gonna wrap it up nice and we're gonna do this, like all this stuff. My family, not like that at all. My mom and dad are like, hey, it's, uh, it's November and your birthday's in July, but if like you really want this thing that's on sale, we can just save a lot of money and get it for you now. And so we'll just not get you something in July. Is that cool? I'm like, cool, let's do it. And so then I, July comes around, I'm like, where's my birthday? They're like, you got it in November, calm down. Like we're just very unceremonious with like our gift giving. But I think the reason for me, at least, I'm noticing now that I'm in this family with Macy, who's like, they're all about gift giving, that the reason why I am really terrible with like surprise gifts or surprise parties or whatever, like, is because I get excited about like sharing gifts that I, I'm like, I know what that is. I know what that is. And it's in a bag that you haven't opened or it's in a box that you haven't opened. And I know exactly what it is. Like there's an excitement there that... As, you know, like her birthday was just a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. 
And um, like, you're like, dude, this is awesome. I love, like, I love being able to give you a gift that I know what it's going to do. You don't really understand it yet, but that's okay. Like, I feel like that's kind of the, the way we should approach speaking about the resurrection, talking about the resurrection. This is great news. This is an amazing gift that we can give to people. And if they're unwrapping it and they're like not excited about it, cool. You gave the gift anyway. You, you were able to, to share the, the, the crux of the gospel message that, that Jesus died and, and was resurrected. And he's still alive today. Here's the other thing, and, and this is kind of something that's recently popped out in the last couple of years in this message of, of uh, the resurrection. I want you guys to realize this. Don't be surprised by what is taught. Okay? Especially for you if you're in middle school or like early high school. Um, I'll be your youth pastor for a while, <laughs> you know? And so like, don't, this, this is what I'm trying to say. Don't be surprised by the things that you already have been taught. That don't be surprised by the things that Pastor Mike speaks on Sunday. Don't be surprised um, when we bring up things or, or you find things that we've already talked about. Because I feel like in this story, that's kind of where the disciples and that's where Peter find themselves. It's where these women find themselves. Because Jesus, throughout, throughout the gospel message, he was constantly telling them like, hey, I'm going to die on a cross, but I'm going to come back. I'm going to die on a cross, but I'm going to come back. I'm, you know, the Last Supper is like him just laying out, like, I am going to die for you, but don't worry, because it's, it's, it's going to be okay, right? He tells them that, that information constantly. And when Jesus physically dies on the cross, it's like they forget all of what he spoke on for the, for the few years that he did ministry, for the few years that he was working miracles. It's like they forgot They, they kind of knew, but they pushed it in the back of their head because they let their emotions, their feelings, the, the situation around them kind of dictate how they are. Guys, these women were standing in an empty tomb with two angels beside them, and it took them to quote Jesus' teaching for them to really understand and get it. That's when they get excited is when the angels are like, hey, remember what Jesus said he was going to do? And then they quote Jesus. If you read in an actual Bible, you read that little passage is still in red because that's Jesus' words that they're quoting. Don't forget and don't act surprised at things that you have already been taught, that you have already walked through, whether it's me, whether it's your parents, whether it's whoever is like leading a Bible study or whatever. Like, don't be surprised by those things. Don't get caught off guard. It's amazing to read your Bible and find new things every day. I love doing that. Um, don't get me wrong. But like you have to be able to retain some of that information so that you can then move forward we read to the disciples, they didn't believe because of the joy that these women had. Don't, don't let these, the circumstances and the things that are around you and, and, and the way that you should be feeling dictate what you have known to be true. These disciples had Jesus as their personal teacher, right? And they forgot what happened. They forgot what he had taught. Now, the, the women sat there, and they were wondering what had happened. Peter runs to the, 
to the tomb, and he's wondering, man, what is going on? It's not that he was necessarily uh, not believing, but, but they didn't really remember and, and recall the things that Jesus had taught them. You have to be able to do that. It's like this, and the worship team can go ahead and, and start getting ready and, and come up. Um, but it's like this. It's like, have you guys ever... Have you guys ever found money in your pocket, like after washing or drying your laundry or whatever, or you find it in a pair of jeans that you haven't uh, worn in a while? <laughs> right? Jacket pockets. Yep, I'm notorious for that. Like, it happens all the time. And that's pretty much what's happening here with these disciples. They, they know that they have the money. They felt the money in their hands. They, they get that it's there. But somewhere along the line, along the way, they, they, they dropped the jacket. They misplaced their jeans. Whatever happened, you know, um, to, to, to the point that, that they forgot. And then it's almost as if when Jesus' words come back to them, when the, when the, when the angels remind them of, of, uh, of what's going on, it's almost as if they're putting that jacket back on. They're putting those jeans back on. And there's that feeling of like, there's something off with my pocket here, or this feels weird. And then you like put your hand in there, and you pull it out, and you find money, and you're like, I forgot about this. And most of the time, it's all crumpled up, and you have to like figure it out. And then you're like, can I use a ripped dollar? Because it's like ripped in half. Like, I don't know. But like, you, you know that you have it, and you put it back, hopefully, you put it back in your wallet so you don't wash it again and forget about it all over, and then you find it in three months again, and then it just becomes a cycle, like a weirdo. Anyway, um, like, there, there, there's an excitement when you kind of rediscover what you, found, what you lost in your pocket when it comes to the money. And, and I don't want you to find yourself in five or 10 or 15 years rediscovering some of the same things that the Lord has trying to been uh, place in your, in your heart for years. And, and, and especially with this message. The, the cool thing about the gospel, right? Anybody know what gospel means? The two words? The, yeah, good news. The good news. Thank you. <laughs> the good news. But the cool thing about the gospel message, especially here with the resurrection, is that it is good news but because of Jesus and his, his teaching and everything, it's not new news. Don't be surprised by things that you have been taught. Don't, don't act surprised by this. Don't be caught off guard by it. Embrace it, love it, cherish it, hold it close, because this is really the crux of our faith. This is the thing that differentiates us from, from any other religion in the world. Because here's the thing, real talk. If Jesus does not resurrect and is not raised from the dead, me and you are crazy people. Have you met, ever met like crazy religious people? And we're not going to talk about religion, so don't even try to like give me examples. <laughs> but like, if Jesus doesn't resurrect, we got nothing. Jesus was just some random, crazy, Jewish, zealot, like, crazy religious leader who was lying about everything. If he doesn't resurrect from the dead, if he stays dead, 
It's done. But man, if, if you can hold on and believe that Jesus was who he says he was, that three days after he was crucified on a cross, he, he rose from the dead. He appeared to over 500 people uh, in the 40 days that he lived, and then he ascended. He didn't die again. He ascended, and now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. If you can believe that, and if you can articulate that, and if you can get people to really understand it, man, there is something super powerful in that. We don't serve a God like any other, anybody else. We don't. And so with every head bowed, eye closed, I want to just... I want to just remind you that this is the centerpiece of our faith. We can trust in the work that God did in raising Jesus from the dead. There's a need to tell other people. We have to remember the teachings and the words of Jesus so that we don't lose out and miss out on the most exciting aspect of what makes us different. last thing without knowing the life and, and, and teachings of Jesus you don't know that the cross was the payment and the empty tomb was the receipt you don't know that when God's love and man's hate battled on the cross God's love won and you don't know that because Jesus is raised from the dead we can be resurrected in life with him as well if you don't understand that man Tonight, if you would say, listen, I find it very difficult to wrap my head around this story. It is just so impossible to believe that a man could die in a gruesome way on a cross and then be raised from the dead three days later. I just have a difficult time believing that. If you're like, Josh, I need help with my faith so that I can rest assured in the fact that Jesus was who he says he was. I need my faith to be rebuilt. I'm struggling in this area and I, and I want to, to grow my faith. If that's you, would you just please raise your hand? Grow my faith. I wanna, wanna grow and, and truly trust in him. Thank you. Tonight, if you would say, I, I've never believed in Jesus. I don't believe in his teachings. I don't believe in his miracles. I, I've never put my faith in Jesus. Can I just tell you, he is who he says he was. This thing is true. And he loves you so much. So much that over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the, the crucifixion and the resurrection. I think the amazing thing about it is if it was just for you, he would have still went on the cross. If it was just for you, he still would have done it. Tonight, if you said, I've never put my faith in Jesus. I don't need a rebuilding of my faith. I need like the first building block. Tonight, if you would say, I want to put my faith in Jesus for the first time, truly, honestly, genuinely, sincerely put my faith in Jesus. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Thank you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each and every student that is here. Lord, I thank you that you have brought us uh, here and you have allowed us to, to read your word and unpack it together. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to speak in these next few moments to each and every student. 
Lord, if it's a rebuilding of, of, of our faith together, I pray that you would just begin to fine-tune our hearts so that we would be able to trust you more, be able to believe stories that are miraculous like this even more than we do. And I pray that we would fully and, and wholly put our trust in you. Lord, for those who are here, who are who have never put their faith in you, Lord, I pray that you would just begin to, to pour out your love, pour out your comfort on their, their, on their soul. Lord, I pray that you would let them know that they are so loved, that they are so cared for, that you did all of this so that we would have a relationship with the Father that we could have never had. Pray that you would draw us close, build our faith, or that we would be able to trust in this amazing story and share it with people who desperately need a message like this of hope, of victory, of power. But I pray that you would just, you would just make yourself so close to us, so close to, to those who are making this decision to follow you for the first time ever. We love you. We're so thankful for your work on the cross, and we are asking you to move and speak in moments like these. We give you, we give you all of the, the authority to do whatever it is that you want to do. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.